about what we give our time, attention, and love. We enjoy sharing and following friends, family, colleagues, and inspirational leaders aligned with our passions and interests in a hyper-connected world. We're all about tribes. We join tribes that speak to us and align with our vibe. In Tribe Goals, we share time with key lifestyle and industry change makers as they share some of their inspirations, thinking, and flow with their communities. We'll see how they started and grew their tribe, as well as which they have joined and how that has fueled them. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith, and we'll navigate our favorites in our show, Tribe Goals. On today's episode of Tribe Goals, we talk with our latest cover girl of Athleisure Mag, Daria Baranata. This WWE superstar wrestles under the name of Sonya Deville. She started as an MMA fighter and transitioned into the WWE, where we see her battle out in the ring at SmackDown, as well as being in the cast of E! Total Divas. As the first lesbian WWE superstar, she uses her platform as an activist for the LGBTQ community, supporting those that are looking to break barriers, and of course, continuing to expand her empire in fashion, acting, and more. We also spoke about the much-talked-about fallout between her and Mandy Rose, as well as her anticipated match on WWE SmackDown on May 8th. So when was the moment that you realized that you wanted to be an athlete? Oh God, an athlete yep. from like birth. Um, I, I used to play basketball. I mean, at like four or five years old and in, in wow. my driveway and yeah, I've been playing sports my entire life from basketball, lacrosse, soccer, track and field, um, then MMA, mixed martial arts mm-hmm. and finally professional wrestling. So I don't even know what my life would look like if it wasn't for sports. <laughs> I remember when I first saw you um, with the WWE Tough Enough, but as you just stated, you actually started as an MMA fighter. What was it that drew you to that sport? And how was the transition for you from being an MMA fighter to a wrestler with the WWE? Yeah, so when I was like uh, 15 or 16 years old, I was in high school and I played uh, school you know, sports my entire life. And I just wanted a change of pace. I just wanted something different. Um, I always had dreams of graduating from high school and moving far away and, you know, being on TV and acting. Cause that was always a passion of mine, but I wanted to explore something else. Also, I, I didn't know if I wanted to learn how to play a musical instrument or, you know, get into a martial art or and this is a discussion I had with my mom one day. And so <laughs> I had been watching a lot of MMA videos. I would watch Gina Carano, who was a, big female fighter mm-hmm. um back in like you know the early 2000s 2010 was probably when i was watching her and i just thought it was so cool to see a chick get in the cage and fight and then you know you'd see her in interviews in like a dress and yep. like you know it was yep. just so cool to see somebody um so badass still be able to express their feminine side and be beautiful and tough at the same time and i just thought it was really Um, really cool. So I became obsessed with MMA and I I started watching every UFC and every pay-per-view and fight night. And eventually I was like, I want to fight MMA. And my mom's like, I don't even know where you go to do that around here. Mm -hmm. You know, there wasn't any UFC gyms around us or anything like that. So I went to a local boxing gym. It was like 45 minutes from my house. And I started with boxing, judo, and jujitsu. And I just fell in love. I just, I loved how pure the sport was. I loved how it was a one woman sport, but you have a whole team of people mm-hmm. 
coaches and, you know, training partners that you need to work together to, to get, you know, get the win and stuff. But it was just a, a really cool community and I just loved it. And um, so I moved to Florida to train with America Top Team, one of the best fight teams in the world wow. when I was 17. Like literally the day of my high school graduation, Whoa. I drove down to Florida. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very, um, I'm very impulsive like that. When I want something, I will... Uh, I'll do anything to get it and yep. I'll, you know, put my heart and my mind in 120% everything that I do. So yeah, MMA was it for me. And so I fought and trained and also pursued acting at the same time for the next four or five years. And then finally I was hosting a after buzz TV podcast in uh, LA where mm-hmm. I was living at the time and Maria Menounos, yep. who, you know, part of the WWE family also yep. on E! News or used to be. We actually have an interview with her in the issue that's coming out on Friday. So you'll both be in there. Completely random that no this way. happened. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's like so perfect. Yep. Yeah. So her and her husband um, owned AfterBuzz TV mm-hmm. and they like became like mentors to me. They, they just took me under their wing and they were like, we, we love your attitude. We love your spirit. Um, you know, we think you could do something special. And so they asked Maria to be on Tough Enough as a contestant. And yep. Maria was like, oh, hell no. I'm <laughs> too old for this. Like, no, not, no, no, no. And um, she was like, but I have the perfect girl. She's wow. a fighter. She's, you know, whatever. And so she called, they called me. And they thought I was going to say no because they thought I was, you know, so in MMA that I wouldn't want to depart from it. Mm-hmm. But they had called me and I said yes right away because I saw it as an opportunity, you know. Yep. And I didn't necessarily think that that meant leaving MMA at that moment. Mm. I just was like, it's a competition show. It's a reality show. It sounds like a good opportunity and you know, let's just do it. Wow. And so, um, yeah, that led me to WWE and ended up getting it, which, you know, I was working my butt off to be ready for the tryout and do the best that I could, but I kind of felt out of place with the tryout because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of like bikini world champions like Mandy and, yep. Um, fit, fitness models and you know I was just this kind of a little bit rough around the edges jersey girl that fought MMA so mm-hmm. I, I did definitely stand out in that sense and so uh, a couple months later I was hired and the rest was kind of history I just fell in love with the world of WWE mm-hmm. I, it was everything I'd always been looking for it was the performing and the competition aspect all rolled into one career mm-hmm. so it's, honestly it's like it's so meant to be and I, I'm just exactly where I should be. And how did you go about deciding to build the persona of Sonia Deville? Like how could, how would you define her? How are the similarities between you and her? And what are your differences? So when I first was developing Sonia's character, um, she was very simplistic at first. She was just a badass. She was just an MMA fighter who was coming into this world and all she cared about was fighting and winning and um, she's very straight to the point kind of character. And then, um, over time being with absolution on raw and being with fire and fire on SmackDown with Mandy and mm-hmm. working with Paige in the past, it, it all kind of added to the persona of Sonya Deville because, you know, life experiences yep. make us who we are as people. Yep. So that's kind of the case for Sonya. She was definitely third wheeling it in absolution a little bit. Um, and then with fire and desire, Sonia had to take a backseat to Mandy Rose because it, you know, was always about Mandy's magazine covers, ironically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Sonia always taking the backseat to everything that Mandy was doing because, mm-hmm. 
that's just the dynamic of the team. And so Sonia had enough. And a lot of what you're seeing now on yep. SmackDown is, you know, a compilation of everything that Sonia's been through emotionally. And I think everyone's starting to realize that Sonia's Sonia's a bad B. And yes, she, she is. Doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't mess around. And she's got a little bit of an anger issue, I think, um, that we're starting to see. Mm-hmm. She uh, has a little bit of an anger problem, but she's very calculated. Much more calculated than I think we ever thought Sonya was. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not as impulsive as she once was. She's really um, yeah, more calculated and... Um, Everything Sonia does, every move Sonia makes is with intention and purpose. So, wow. and you guys yeah. have a fight this Friday for SmackDown. How, yes, we like, do. I mean, the internet is just all over the place talking about this. Um, so, so many of our readers are just like, oh my God, what can they tell us? Is there any, any goodies that we can get since we actually dropped this issue a few hours before your fight? <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I, I think that. You are going to see a side of Sonia Deville that you've never seen before. Nobody has ever seen before. Um, she's been waiting to get her hands on on Mandy Rose for years. Mm-hmm. You have to understand, this isn't something that just developed overnight. Yeah, The fans are just seeing it happen overnight because Sonia's been keeping it all bottled inside and mm-hmm. she's been planning and plotting. But this, you have to understand, this is a plan that's coming to fruition that has been in the works for Four years, mm. four years, Sonia has been getting stepped on yep. and has been keeping a mental piggy bank of things <laughs> that she can use against Mandy Rose. <laughs> and you're going to see all that uh, come to fruition on Friday. Oh, my gosh. Well, obviously, we cannot wait to see this and how it develops and obviously what happens afterwards. So, you know, when you look at I me mean, right now, the word normal just kind of feels like an interesting word to say. But when you look at an average week, you know, what is it like training and getting prepared for matches? And, and you guys are still actively participating in the sport where other sports are not able to really go forward. How has that been for you? Yeah, we've all just kind of developed our own little systems at home because you know obviously no gyms are open yeah so i've been doing all my training in my home gym that i built over the past few months and, mm-hmm. um you know it's been great i'm blessed that i that i have it so i could stay in fight shape and yep. stay ready at all times for the ring and um yeah and then we, we show up and filmed it's a completely closed set mm-hmm. and it's, you know we're doing everything we can we have no crowd nothing so i i think it's pretty remarkable to see that we are able to go forward in a way that's still keeping everyone safe and healthy, but also being able to put a product on television right now so that people yep. can hopefully be pleasantly distracted, um, you know, for a few hours of their of their week and uh, not think about everything else that's going on in the world. I totally agree with you because at first I was like, well, how is that going to look without an audience? And then watching it like, wow, like they are still bringing the dramas if there's like a million people in that room. And I just commend you guys for that. Um, I've always felt that, you know, you guys and what you do, the amount of travel and hours that you spend going from one place to the other and still just being so fresh faced and ready to like give it all for your fans and, and, and for what you do. I just really commend each of you for that. Thank you. Yeah, it's. You know, being a part of the WWE, is, it's a very special thing. And it's very unique because mm-hmm. of the scheduling, yep. because of the travel schedule, because of how many shows we put on a year, people don't even realize. Yep. Um, and so in a time like this, to have to reinvent the wheel a little bit and recreate, it has been super fun 
for me as an artist, you know, mm-hmm. as a performer, it's been super fun to have to um, just dig a little deeper and see what we can do to still put on an incredible show um, without the fans. Who yeah, are obviously a huge part of what we do. And what are your go-to workouts that you're doing? I mean, you have a sick body and obviously, even though we can't be out in the summertime, um, we're all working from home, figuring it out. What are kind of your go-tos that we should think about incorporating into our routines? Yeah, so I I switch it up every day almost because, you know, obviously it gets monotonous doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. But I'll uh, I'll wake up some mornings, I'll go for like a mile run and then I'll do like a eight, 10 mile bike ride um, Mm. on the days that I don't feel like lifting weights, which is, you know, some days I don't feel like lifting weights. And my body's kind of telling me like, listen, take it easy on the weight. So I'll, I'll just do some cardio some days. I'll do laps in my pool. Um, other days I'll get a full blown lift on. I do a lot of weight training. I'll do, um, usually a high intensity workout, like a circuit workout one day a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other three or four days I'll do like an actual weightlifting workout. Um, you know, I'll do like a, back and by day I'll do a shoulders and tries day and then usually a lower body day wow. so that's kind of how I break up my week but yeah I'm always switching it up um I always say that if you if you have a kettlebell or a dumbbell there's so much you can do yep um the options are you know endless and they're still available on you know you go on Amazon so many websites are still selling them so mm-hmm. even resistance bands are amazing yep so I, I have a couple at home workouts on my um YouTube channel uh, Dari Bernardo and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just you just gotta reinvent the wheel a little bit, right? Exactly. You don't have LA Fitness or you know a gym. Yep. And what are your three power foods that you like to incorporate into your workouts? Red Con, um, mint chocolate chip protein is my favorite thing in this entire world. Wow. Um, I'm obsessed. And then um, there are these Kodak pancakes. I think it's Kodak. Yep. Yep. Kodiak. Yeah, Kodak. Mm-hmm. They're like the protein pancakes, the mix are mm-hmm. the best pancakes I've ever had in my entire life. Agreed. Um, and then eggs are my day one go-to. Probably have them six days a week, if not seven. Wow. Um, yeah, eggs are just so easy. And, you know, I'll do egg whites a lot, too. Just It's easy to get protein. And, um, yeah, super easy to make. One of the fun things that I love about you is the fact that I know that you are athletic and you have, you know, a fitness focus. You also enjoy, like, just eating fun stuff like donuts and other things like that and not and I think that's so important you know coming from a fashion fitness perspective there are so many people that kind of like make make people feel bad that okay you do take care of your body but the fact that you do want to splurge they kind of make it like something you shouldn't be doing and yet you're able to hold both of them and to normalize that you know why was that so important for you to you know focus that and bring it into your brand you know for your fans to also see that yeah, hundred percent. So I've always been a firm believer that you know life's all about balance. You have yep. to have balance. Um, I I definitely have a, a type of personality where you know if I get focused on working out, I become obsessed with working out. Mm-hmm. Focus on dieting, I become obsessed with dieting. But um, I've always kept a really healthy balance with my with my diet um, ever since stopping MMA because it, with MMA, often you're you're dieting and you're carb depleted and calorie depleted because you're cutting weight for your fight. And so yeah. that was super stressful on the body, on the mind. And so when I switched over to WWE, professional wrestling, where obviously we don't have weight classes and mm-hmm. weight to make, um, I, I kind of promised myself never to diet that hard again, just because 
I, I didn't like how I felt, you know, even mentally doing all that. So yeah. Now I've, I've developed something that works for me and everybody's body's different. Everyone's going to have, mm-hmm. um, you know, different genetics and everything naturally. And everyone works out and trains different too. But I've gotten my body to a point where I know what I can and can't have throughout a week and what I need to do to burn it off if I do want to have it. Yep. <laughs> and that's kind of how, how I think work hard, play hard is definitely um, a motto that, that follows me into the kitchen too. So I, I love donuts. I love pizza. I probably have pizza once a week. I'm not even going to lie. Nice. Um, yeah. I have, Like I said, I have those pancakes, which they have protein in them, but they're still pancakes. I yep. have those probably once or twice a week. I, I like to, um, I like to enjoy my food for sure. Mm-hmm. And you know, we have our, me and Mandy had our, uh, Donut show to Mandy's Donuts, which is now Daria's Donuts. And there Mandy's we go. Donuts because <laughs> <laughs> we don't like her and we don't want to do a show together. So I have been producing my own content. I think she's been doing her own. I yes. don't pay attention to her when mm-hmm. she does. But um, yeah, and so it's been really fun to just try different donut places all around the world. And now I've been uh, a couple weeks ago, I cooked my own for the first time. How'd that go? And this week, uh, it was an uh, absolute mess in the kitchen, <laughs> but they actually didn't taste that bad. We'll see. There you I go. Think next time I need them. I bake them. I need to fry them next time. Ah. But, um, but yeah. And then this week I'm dropping a, uh, a poolside workout for my fans on demand. So nice. it's, it's a really cool brand that we've kind of created. That's it's everything you just, we just talked about it's, yeah. you know, it's health, fitness, but also a little bit of enjoyment and lifestyle stuff, you know? I love that. And okay, so what is your favorite donut in your favorite city? I got I got my go to answer though. Okay, I'll never forget when I took a bite out of this donut. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in Lafayette, Louisiana, and it's called Meshi's Donuts. Mm-hmm. Tiny little hole in the wall. Best donut I've ever had in my life. Oh my god! And what donut was it? What was it? Classic, classic glazed donut. Oh, just a hot plastic glaze. Nice. But it was like warm and. The, the bread was like moist and it was just like perfect. The dough was moist. It was perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, I have been a fan from the beginning um, for East Total Divas. I love the fact that once again, it's kind of showing you guys in the ring, outside of the ring, the relationships you have with, you know, all the different people that you liaise with. And once again, it drives the point home that, you know, you guys are real people doing all these different things. How did you get to be a part of this show? And what was the driving force behind you wanting to be in it? Yeah, so um, they auditioned me for Total Divas two years in a row, actually. Hmm. Um, And then... The year before, they decided not to add anybody new. Um, so, yeah, when they when they asked me to do it, I immediately was like, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I I love Total Divas. I think it is one of the coolest shows because it really gives the mainstream demographic yep. a look into our lives. You know, like people that don't watch wrestling. Like, for example, I didn't watch wrestling growing up. But I remember mm-hmm. walking in my mom's room and she had on Total Divas. Mm-hmm. And it was the episode where Natty busted her nose or something. Yep. Something happened with Natty's nose. Yes. I'll never forget it. And I said, Mom, what are these girls? Like, what are they? The wrestlers? Like, I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. She explained it to me. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to do that. And I swear on my life, I went online and I went to apply. Mm. And I don't remember why I couldn't apply. I either wasn't 18 yet mm-hmm. or you couldn't have tattoos at the time or something. Oh, wow. I, don't know, I forget. There was some sort of stipulation on the website where I was like, oh, man, mom, like, I, I can't do it yet or whatever. Yep. And 
but it's really funny. And then, you know, life comes full circle, but I was immediately intrigued through total divas because I watched E and stuff. So yep. I think it's such a cool look at our, our world and what goes on behind the scenes for those people that don't watch wrestling. Yep. Could maybe, you know, help them get into wrestling and, mm-hmm. and enjoy and fall in love with the sport like we did. So it's really been fun. Um, yeah, it was a no brainer when they asked, I was of course nervous, like putting my entire life out there, mm-hmm. you know, my family, my friends, my relationships, obviously it's always nerve wracking. Yep. Um, much more nerve wracking to be yourself on camera than it is to be a character on camera. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, yep. but it was really, it was really a cool experience. And I feel like I learned so much about myself through doing it. And, um, I definitely do it again. Yeah. Who would you consider within the WWE as part of your squad? Like, who are you close to? Um, well, Mandy was, mm-hmm. um, Liv Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmella, yep. Bailey, mm-hmm. oh Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. Those are like those are like my girls. I love it. And I, once again, I, I love yeah. how you can see it on the show. All those different types of interactions. I mean, for us, it's always funny because we're like, yeah, we shot with that one. We shot with that one. They really are like that one. Or we were literally yeah, just with them the day funny. before. <laughs> right. So it's always that's kind of funny. funny. We have such a good locker room. It's like we all get along so well mm-hmm. uh, on. SmackDown, we're blessed. I mean, we have Trin, uh, yep. Serona, Tamina. I mean, we have just such a cool locker room that we really are um, blessed. And so for us, from an Athleisure Mag perspective, you know, we've been media sponsors for the past four years for Pride here in New York. Um, and because we believe it's so important to celebrate and be allies to the LGBT community. And we've done a lot of things over the past four years. And obviously, although technically physical portion of Pride won't be available here in the city, we're still virtually going to help support that. How important has it been for you to share your sexuality with your fans in the WWE community and and to showcase the importance of that representation and equality? Absolutely. Um, It's funny because I'm reminded every single day why I share my story and why I'm open about my life Mm -hmm. to the fans, because obviously it's not the easiest decision. It's not the easiest way to live. Um, Obviously, it's much easier to just be with yourself in privacy and no one ever needs to know, you know, but Mm -hmm. I, I chose to share my story and I'm, I'm so happy I did because I hear from people every single day that they're still struggling Mm -hmm. with coming out and, um, you know, figuring out who they are and sharing it with their loved ones and their family and their friends. And, you know, we've made leaps and bounds in the LGBTQ community and in the world with Mm -hmm. acceptance and equality, but there's still, there's still, so much to do, you yep. know, and it's the fight's never over. And I think it's so important to have an ally in the public eye. And, you know, for me, when I was growing up, the only gay person I even saw on TV was Ellen DeGeneres. Yep. And so, and the, there wasn't many other representatives that I knew at the time. So for me being a closeted gay girl who grew up in a very conservative small town in South New Jersey, mm. I didn't even think it was a thing. Yeah, You know, I didn't think I, I could possibly be gay because I didn't know anybody that was. And so I would have thoughts and then I would kind of, you know, push them way down in there because I was like, no, it can't be right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just, it just seemed um, far fetched. And yeah. so I didn't even let myself, you know, be who I was. And so I find a lot of light in being able to do that for, you know, this generation. 
mm-hmm. you know, Daria, so to speak. Like, I want to be the voice for the little me that never had one, you know, and mm-hmm. for all these kids and, and adults, you know, and teens dealing with the same thing now where they know who they are, but they're afraid to talk about it or they don't think that it's okay. And um, just to help them with those struggling emotions and let them know, like, hey, it's more than okay. It's mm-hmm. more than okay to be who you are. And it's more than okay to love who you love and there's nothing to be apologetic about and anybody who is meant to be in your life will remain in your life and those yep. who aren't will exit and mm-hmm. everything happens for a reason and you know there's there's no love that's unpure so mm. i i just i like to be that voice because i just i know too all too well that feeling of um you know not feeling like you have anyone to relate to yeah And what initiatives or, you know, organizations are you a part of that, you know, allows that message to continue to be out there in addition to what you're already, you know, doing just from your own platform? Yeah. So um, about a year ago, we worked with WWE and maybe two years ago now. I don't know. We worked with WWE um, to get the first line of LGBTQ wrestling shirts. So Mm -hmm. I got my put your hair up in square shirt in rainbow. Finn Balor got his, Be- I think Becky, Charlotte, a bunch of superstars. I think it was like 10 of us got rainbow shirts and proceeds went to GLAAD. Um, we were on the GLAAD Pride Parade float in the New York City World Pride last year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the representative on that. So I got to ride the float and represent WWE, which is a super cool experience. Yep. Um, we did the Spirit Day Lounge at Comic-Con a couple years back in New York. So we've been slowly but surely getting a lot more involvement. Um, with the community and you know I push for it every year and we, we're always having meetings about it and seeing what we could do to further represent I have my own clothing line called Rainbow Love mm-hmm. it's completely LGBTQ friendly um, forward clothing line and you know one of the first shirts we dropped it says you are not alone on the back which I love that prevention hotline yeah it's a super cool shirt I one of my favorite designs of the entire line and it's just so strong. It's so powerful. And I think it just speaks for itself. Just, you know, don't be afraid to talk. Don't be afraid to reach out for help and talk to somebody. Um, we're all going through shit and life's never easy, but, um, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and there's Mm -hmm. always a silver lining. Um, and you know, it's okay to have a heavy heart, but rainbow love is what we always say. Mm -hmm. The the bigger line that it's a part of is called heavy heart. So, Mm um, so yeah, we, we, there's a bunch of different ways that, that I try to um, do stuff like that. This year I had plans on being in like six or seven pride floats mm-hmm. um, with the WWE behind me. Obviously plans have changed a little bit, yep. but we're, we're working and talking right now to see how we could continue to support uh, virtually, obviously, and digitally. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting to see how everyone, I mean, once again, it, it is awful right now that we're living in a time of a lot of unknown, um, but how everyone virtually is still trying to be there and do things to not only give people things to look forward to, but to still show the support, which is still needed. So I love hearing that. And we'll definitely, you know, keep our eyes out for that, because like I said, we have enjoyed our uh, sponsorship uh, of Pride. And and like I said, I think it's good to be an ally and to speak up, you know, whatever side that you're sitting on, that everyone needs that support and love and to be represented. Um, And it's just so exciting that you're willing to just be the face of that, because I have a number of friends that as old as they are now, they still are not able to feel comfortable enough to come out. And that's just it's heartbreaking. But, you know. I look back at how different of a person I was when I wasn't being myself and Mm -hmm. 
when you're keeping this secret from the people that you're closest with, people that you love most, and you can't even act the way you want to act in yep. public. And, you know, it's just such a depressing feeling and it definitely affects you in ways manifest in things you don't realize in the moment. But when you look back, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all I could say to anybody out there is being open and honest with, with who I was was the best decision I ever made. So, mm. Well, also, Quibi, um, WWE has their unscripted series, Fight Like a Girl. Can you tell me about that and, and what's your involvement in it? Yeah, so this is a really cool project. WWE partnered with Quibi, which is the new network. Yep. Um, it's like Quick Fight Videos. And their new series is called Fight Like a Girl, where basically a young woman who wants to make changes in her life for the better and teams up with a WWE female superstar to help reach those goals mm. and those accomplishments and they go through a training program at the state-of-the-art WWE Performance Center in Orlando. Mm. Um, they go through in, in extensive um, physical training, emotional training, mental training, you know, a little mentorship program with, with us superstars. And so it's a really, really cool show. Um, I was partnered with a girl named Samantha who was closeted to half of her family and was nervous about telling her dad's side and, mm. Uh, you know, we just, we just talked honestly. And I just, I just told her my journey and I think she was able to relate to a lot of things that I said. And, you know, I used fitness and, and, um, sports and working out as my biggest, you know, kind of crutch when I was going through everything. Like it, it was my sanity. It was my, it was my like happy place when I was going through a lot of the stuff I I've been through. And so, I think she was able to relate to that. And so she got really into working out. She got in incredible shape. And it, it was just such a cool uh, experience just to see her total mind and body transformation. It was mm-hmm. really, really cool. And we were talking about your clothing line, Rainbow Love. How did the actual line come about? Because I did know that it's it's kind of under something else as well. Like, what was the, yeah. you know, how did that all take place? So my, my good friend, Bobby, um, owns... Black Craft Clothing, which is, uh, you know, it's in Hot Topic and a yep. couple other stores. But he, he wanted to expand. He wanted to make a, a new line because um, he's been working on that for years. So he wanted to make a line called Heavy Heart. And he called me up to be a part of it. He's like, I don't know, you know, what kind of stuff you're into. He's like, but I know you said you wanted to make a clothing line anyway. He's like, what if we gave you your own line under Heavy Heart? Mm. You can name it. You can come up with the concept, whatever. And so we just went back and forth for months, just fitting ideas and just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, see what sticks. And, you know, I said, I, I want to do something that I'm passionate about. I don't want to just throw a logo on a shirt and call it a day. So I said, what if we do an LGBTQ forward line, you know? And mm. he was like, oh my God, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be dope. And so we came up with the, you are not alone shirt with the suicide prevention hotline mm-hmm. and uh, a couple other shirts. Um, one we, we call it true colors, you know, um, a couple that just say rainbow love and have a kind of cool graphic of my face on it. But yeah, we just hand designed all, all the stuff and just, wow. we wanted the line to be very raw. We mm-hmm. wanted it to just speak for itself. Um, let people know, like, it's okay to express your emotions. It's okay to be as dark or as bright as, as you feel, you know, and, yeah. um, life's not always perfect and you know, it's okay be in your feels and 
Um, you know, it's okay to have a heavy heart, but rainbow love, like I said. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it's been really, really cool. And I think the fan response from it has been incredible. Um, we're talking with charities right now. We're trying to set something up where maybe one of our products proceeds will go to a charity or maybe a percentage of all the products. We, we don't really know the details yet, but mm-hmm. we're trying to work on that. Um, because obviously I'd love to help in any way, any way we can, um, with suicide prevention and the LGBTQ community in general. So, um, yeah, but it's been so cool. My fans love it because again, it's just something they can relate to. It's yep. something they can, um, you know, now it's a clothing line that that's friendly to them. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's just more inclusivity that, um, is subtle, but I think really sweet at the same time. I also love that it looks authentic to you. I mean, um, a lot of people are coming up with lines or different types of projects, but when you look at what it is and that the person, it's a little bit of a disconnect. And yet, you know, seeing something that has words of wisdom that you believe in authentically, but also matches kind of like your edgy style as well. I think that's really amazing. For sure. And that's like what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be clothes that I would rock every day. You know, Mm -hmm. and I do, I wear the shirts everywhere because it's totally my vibe. Um, obviously it's black because all I wear is black clothes, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's got the color pop on it too. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of a testament to my personality as well. Cause uh, you know, I am, I am a little social butterfly despite my dark character and persona, <laughs> uh, in Sonia Deville, but no, I, I just thought it was super relatable and, and super true to who I am. And, you know, people that, um, can relate to me can relate to the line. And, you know, one of the other things I like about the WWE is like, it's like, even though you're doing what people are thinking of, like, oh, they're wrestling. It's amazing. It's an amazing platform to do other types of things. Like when you look at John Cena and and Dwayne Johnson and how they've moved on to movie careers and competition reality show hosting and all these different things. What do you think about in terms of what your like total, total empire is going to be when you look at people such as that? Yeah, so um, that's been a goal of mine, like I said, since I was very little. Acting was one of my first passions, my first dream. But something I always kept in mind was that you got to kind of go where life takes you. Work yeah. hard, pursue your passions. But if life hands you a lemon, you got to make lemonade. So mm-hmm. I, that's what I did. You know, I got a little bit off the, um, the, the path of becoming an actor, but I actually fell into something that could get me there in an even better way, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So to follow in the footsteps of Dwayne Johnson and John Cena and Batista and all the guys that have come from WWE yep. and gone over to Hollywood. And so that's ultimately like the long-term game plan. And I've already started pursuing it. I want, mm. I want to act. I want to act in television and film. And, you know, I'd love to be in like the Mandalorian or Furious mm-hmm. or I could so you know, see that. any kind of, Right. It's yep. so fun. And it's just, um, I feel like I've created a little bit of a brand for myself with WWE and that's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And I think it'll make the transition, you know, nice and smooth. But in the meantime, I've been working with an acting coach, Sean Whalen for hmm. the last two years and, um, you know, putting in those extra hours, which, you know, isn't always easy on the road, but mm-hmm. it's definitely worth it. And it's helped, it's helped tremendously with, you know, everything that I do from WWE to, um, acting and, yeah, that's my, that's my goal is to be the first female to kind of make that huge leap. 
Well, I could definitely see that. I mean, because you just take things on with such a force. It's kind of like, well, you can either let me in if you want to, or I'll just come in myself. <laughs> and there's, you know, sometimes that's what you have to do. Yeah, that's kind of kind of been my attitude. I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And what advice do you have for women, girls who they're looking to blaze their trails, whatever vertical it ends up being, um, you know, as much as things are super progressive and, and open, there's just still so many friggin' barriers to just doing certain things. What What is your advice to kind of keep that motivation going? Yeah, well, it, if it helps any, I was uh, called crazy, uh, you know, ridiculous for, you know, I, I was, 17 moving out of my house saying I was going to go be a professional MMA fighter and mm-hmm. an actor in, in a time where Ronda Rousey didn't exist yet in yep. the UFC. So it was, um, of course, a very different path and nobody thought I was capable um, except for myself. But the power of believing in yourself is so strong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always say, say less, do more. Um yeah. Put your head down, work your ass off, and you can literally accomplish anything. And um, my story is definitely a testament to that. There's so many times where I got down on myself and I was like, I'm not going to make it. But, you know, I still woke up every morning at 6 a.m. and, you know, trained for four hours and then bartended till 2 a.m. and mm-hmm. did it all over again. So you got to grind if, if you want it and just don't ever give up on your dreams because there's nothing more gratifying in life than fulfilling your dreams. Wow. And my final question is, you know, we love talking to change makers, which you are clearly a change maker. And because you're an inspiration to so many different people, who are three people, whether you know them personally, you work with them, you've seen them socially, whatever, that have been three people that have been inspiring to you for you to be where you are today? Ellen Generous, for sure. Mm. Um, Gina Carano. Mm hmm third one and I'm gonna go with my mom I always love when people say their mom or their dad or uncle or whoever (laughs) for sure everyone plays a certain role like Ellen um showed me at a very young age that uh, just so much strength and resilience that she was in a completely not not only was she in a male-dominated world but a very hetero-dominated world too and she broke down so many barriers for so many women and Mm -hmm. LGBTQ um, people. And so she's just inspirational in her own right. And she, she went through so many struggles trying to be who she is. And Mm -hmm. Gina Carano was the, the first to lay the, she was a pioneer in women's MMA. She was one of the first huge female superstars that people would actually pay to go see. And um, yeah, she's just incredibly badass. And then my mom um, is the definition of unconditional love and support. Mm. And although everyone else calling my dreams crazy she did not call them crazy and so for that she is uh she's the day one that you're energized from the insights on today's episode of Tribe Goals. Tribe Goals is a member of the multimedia podcast network Athleisure Studio, part of Athleisure Media and Athleisure Mag. Make sure to follow us and to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Himalaya, and Stitcher Premium. Visit us at athleisurestudio.com backslash tribe goals and follow us on Instagram at tribe.goals to see new episodes of Tribe Goals as well as to see what other shows we have launched throughout our network. 
Tribe Goals is hosted by me, Kimmy Smith, and is executive produced by Paul Farkas and myself. Our theme music, Rough and Deep, is performed by Juggling. I'll be back with our next Tribe Goals guest.